Welcome to the vodcast. On February 28th, 2023, Republican Florida State Senator Jason Broder filed Bill SB 1316. This is one of the most disturbing bills I've seen in my lifetime. I ran a Twitter poll and 80% of respondents wanted to know more about this seriously problematic bill. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. The broad strokes of the bill is that it would require certain bloggers to register with state government and file monthly reports on their blogging activities. Adding to the weirdness of the bill, it will only lay the registration requirement on certain bloggers, not all of them. So, if this bill becomes law, which bloggers would it target? For that, I'll read right from the bill. Quote, If a blogger posts to a blog about an elected state officer and receives or will receive compensation for that post, the blogger must register with the appropriate office. In other words, if a blogger blogs about an elected state official and gets compensated for that work, he or she would then have to register with the government. That doesn't sound fascist or communist. Nope, not at all. If you're thinking this bill is well beyond the proper reach of government, you're not alone and you're not wrong. Of course, here in America, we have free speech. But if you want to exercise free speech, you need to register with the government. <laughs> Said no one ever, except perhaps the governments of Russia and China and Florida Senator Broder. But wait, there's more. This bill isn't just an attack on free speech. It's also an attack on freedom of association. Once a blogger blogs about an elected state official and is compensated for his or her effort, the blogger must not only register, but must also file monthly reports disclosing the names of anyone who paid for the blogger's time. In other words, this bill requires bloggers to report the names of those with whom they associate professionally. Fascist? Communist? Nah, not a bit. As I read the bill, one of the things that caught my eye was the absurd circular definition of blog and blogger. Neither is actually defined. Check it out. Quote, blog means a website or web page that hosts any blogger. Blogger means any person that submits a blog post to a blog. Why are these definitions circular and therefore meaningless in a legal sense? It could be that the legislative draftsman did a terrible job drafting the bill, but that doesn't appear to be the case because the rest of the bill is well-drafted. The far more likely reason is any true definition of blog and blogger would immediately invoke the issues of freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Republicans are big on condemning anything and everything about the Chinese government. So it's more than a little ironic that a bill to force Americans to register with the government for exercising free speech, report lawfully acquired compensation, as well as report private professional associations to the very politicians about whom the blogger blogged, is something we can easily see the Chinese Communist Party doing. Can you imagine what Republicans across the nation would say if a bill like this was put forth by a Democrat in a blue state? This bill is even more corrupt because while it forces the little guy to register with the government and report his private associations and payments, 
It completely exempts legacy media companies. The bill distinguishes the reporting and commentary of million-dollar enterprises from the reporting and commentary of independent bloggers. Apparently, Broder is not one of those Republicans who support small business people and wants government out of their hair. To be clear, I'm not hanging this legislation around the neck of all Republicans. I'm confident most find it appalling. Numerous First Amendment groups have condemned Broder for the bill. Even Newt Gingrich, not exactly a champion of the little guy, called Broder out for his bill, tweeting that Broder should withdraw it immediately. To illustrate how quickly this bill would be struck down by the courts, one attorney said, to see how the courts would view this, replace blogger with reporter. The bill has been met with such widespread antipathy, Florida Governor DeSantis felt compelled to publicly <laughs> denounce it. While DeSantis had nothing to do with the bill, left-leaning news outlets claimed, falsely, that DeSantis was behind it. So many left-leaning outlets made that claim, Associated Press fact-checkers felt compelled to publish a determination that the claim is false. Leaving aside the unconstitutionality of this bill, why is the legacy media exempted? When Bill Gates gives a media organization millions of dollars, what is he buying? When Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, was that a neutral event without influence on what the Post covers or how issues are covered? Do you think Rupert Murdoch owning Fox News doesn't impact what Fox covers or how certain issues are covered? In the billion-dollar defamation suit by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News, internal communications acquired from Fox in Discovery showed Fox's CEO, Susan Scott, sidelined a Fox reporter for fact-checking Trump. <laughs> Scott's position, stated plainly in her email, was that telling Fox's audience the truth would be seen by them as a breach of trust and they'd stop tuning into Fox. Scott directly reports to Murdoch. My point is that money influences the legacy media just as much as it does the new media, such as bloggers. And that's exactly how it was when the Founding Fathers included freedom of speech, press and association, and the Bill of Rights. Back then, only wealthy people owned newspapers, and they used those newspapers to tell the community the paper served what the wealthy owner wanted the people to hear. A few years ago, I did a presentation in which I discussed how the media was in the founding era, how it progressed over the last two centuries, and where it is now. I'll put a link to that video down in the notes. The bottom line is, Broder is attempting to use law to force bloggers to be transparent about their funding sources. But here's the thing. Transparency is something the government owes us. We don't owe transparency to the government. Broder has publicly stated his bill is intended to tackle the fact that bloggers are sometimes paid by lobbyists to write hit pieces on politicians. His pitch is that because of the required reports, the public can see who is the money behind various blog articles. Of course, I think the real goal is for the politicians who are blogged about to get that information. While I can see why he'd want that information, the fact that he wants it doesn't mean it's constitutional or wise to attempt to violate the right of freedom of speech, freedom of press, and freedom of association as a means of getting the information he wants, but to which he is not entitled. Talk about a sense of entitlement. Further, lobbyists are already required by Florida law to be registered and file reports concerning their activities. So if Broder wants to know which lobbyists are paying which bloggers, he can attempt to get that information by amending Florida's laws concerning the reports lobbyists are already required to file. Why is Broder targeting bloggers? 
because they're low-hanging fruit. Broder knows if his legislation did not exclude legacy media, the law would be challenged in court before the ink was dry. But bloggers are generally independent, they aren't wealthy, they don't have deep pockets, and they don't have a well-funded national association to pay for a lawsuit. In other words, from a legal perspective, they're easy to pick on. Again, I point out that Broder is plainly not a friend of small, independent business people. Broder's bill is as straightforward as it is unconstitutional. Phrased another way, while it's blatantly unconstitutional, there is no subterfuge involved. Broder is plainly stating what he wants and how he wants to get it. But what have laws written in a misleading way in order to hide what the politicians are doing? When an entire legal scheme is shrouded in subterfuge, what should we do about that? And what do we do when it's not one party or the other that supports the subterfuge, but both parties? An entire legal scheme shrouded in subterfuge is, of course, the federal income tax. You've probably heard me say it before, but Congress has never imposed the income tax on ordinary working Americans. What do we do as Americans when faced with a pack of jackals in D.C. lying to you in order to make fools of you and steal your property? Which is worse, making fools of you or stealing your property? When faced with a pack of jackals in D.C. lying to you in order to make fools of you and steal your property, the answer is to put your foot down and stop them. As Americans, how do we do that? In my view, the first response to jackals in D.C. lying to you, making fools of you, and stealing your property is to make sure everyone in the country knows what the D.C. jackals are doing. How do we accomplish that? We tell everyone who will listen. Now, here's the rub. Because most of your fellow citizens believe the lying, thieving jackals, when you get the word out about what the jackals are doing, you have to know the facts. You have to deliver the message authoritatively. Fortunately, I've made that easy for you. All you need to do is read Income Tax Shattering Myths, and you will not only be the expert in the room, but you will be the expert in every room. You will be able to get the word out in a way that will result in even the most skeptical person beginning to question the narrative put out by the D.C. jackals. I've been at this 30 years. Income Tax Shattering the Mist has been out 12 years and has never gotten less than four stars in reviews, with most being five stars. But I can't do this alone. I need your help. More to the point, your country needs your help. Just a few weeks ago, a gentleman purchased 100 copies of Income Tax Shattering the Mist so he can spread the word. I understand not everybody has the resources for that. But you can read a book and share your newfound knowledge with your countrymen, right? So please, go to drreality.news, drreality.news, and pick up a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist. Become the expert and encourage everyone else to get informed and spread the word like you. I'll put the link down in the notes. While you're there, also take a look at body science. I won't take your time today talking about body science. Instead, I'll simply share two comments made about it on social media in the last few days. You can read about body science on the website. Scott wrote, I have your book, Body Science, and it changed my life. Few things make me feel better than hearing that. The second comment is from Ivan, who said, quote, When I first read my copy, my immediate thought was, what would happen to big pharma in the healthcare industry if this was required reading for public education? So please, go to drreality.news, get a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist and Body Science to dramatically better our country. Also, by purchasing Body Science and or Income Tax Shattering the Mist, you help me to continue to be here for you with these thought-provoking presentations. Thanks for being here.
Take care.